So because we started on such a small system, we started on 200 liter system. We were brewing four times a week, double batching every day. And by Sunday, our beer would be sold out. So wow. like we'd get up at seven o'clock in the morning and we would brew till midnight and then we would go to bed and then we'd get up and start all over again. Um, it was just the two of us at the time. So that's what we had to do to survive. So that's what we did. Okay, welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of the Beer Got Me Here podcast. Super excited with our guest this evening. So on today's episode, we are delighted to introduce Nikki Andrew, owner and operator of River Road Brewing and Hops, a farm-based brewery in Bayfield, Ontario. So Nikki and her husband, Dave, locals to the Bayfield area, created River Road Brewing and hops on the backs of their great dedication to their home and their love of good quality beer. River Road Brewing and Hops is Huron County and Bayfield's first farm-based brewery dedicated to providing delicious high-quality crafted beers and produce. By growing their own ingredients, Nikki and Dave are able to provide a true quality product that is truly fresh in <laughs> all sense of the word. So without further ado, we welcome Nikki to the Beer Got Me Here podcast. Welcome, Nikki. Ah, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. So maybe we can start this off. Just can you give us a little bit of information about you and your beer history? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am Nikki Andrew. I'm the owner or one of the owners of Riffero Brewing and Hobbs. Um, I grew up in Bayfield, so did my husband, Dave. Um, he was more kind of, this was his summer home for his older youth, uh, but he did start here in Bayfield and then came back and it's a long story. But anyway, they, uh, I grew up and I was born and raised in Bayfield, uh, left a little while, went to Stratford in London, and then I, of course, met my husband and we came back. Um, we purchased, we lived in town for a little while, uh, and then we purchased this farm that we're living on right now. It was an apple orchard at the time, and uh, neither one of us were really into having an apple orchard. I grew up on an apple orchard, and it wasn't really my cup of tea, and I know that it's a lot of work and not a lot of profit, so I was like, mm -hmm. this needs to stop. I was in the financial industry at the time, so I was um, working with a financial advisor, and uh, he was a mechanic. So two totally different ends yeah. of the spectrum. We did a lot of traveling and we visited craft breweries a lot. So we were mm -hmm. going to um, the States a lot. We were spending a lot of time in the States because at that time, the craft beer industry really wasn't as predominant in Ontario or in Canada yeah. in general, more so in BC. I think there was quite a bit more in BC happening, um, but not so much in Ontario. So we really started to kind of expand our horizons a little bit when it came to craft beer. Both of us were lovers of beer in general, not just necessarily craft beer, but like um, imports and all sorts of fun, different beers. And then really got a taste for um, for the craft of craft beers in local, as, as local as we could get, but then also in the States. And we did drank a lot of real ales when we were in Scotland. Real ales are very, what they call craft beer over there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amazing. Can you tell us just a little bit about Bayfield, just for our, yeah, absolutely. For our urban listeners who don't get out of the city <laughs> too much? Leave the city, come to the country. Um, yeah, yeah. So Bayfield is on the shore of Lake Huron. Uh, it's between Goddard and Grand Bend. And I know a lot more people are yeah. familiar with the Goddard and Grand Bend, especially Grand Bend because it's pretty central. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's just a quaint little town, uh, very touristy in the summer. There's we're we're riddled with uh, tourists in the summer, and in the wintertime, it's 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 a lot of a retirement community, but it's, uh, it's the the family is growing. Like the family atmosphere is starting to grow a little bit more. When I was a kid, it was more family, less to less less uh, retirees. Now it's kind of reversed, and now it's mm. going back to that. Um, lots of little shops, some awesome restaurants, great beaches. Um, one of the most beautiful sunsets you'll ever see is in Bayfield, Ontario. Ah, cool. hmm, yeah, great little spot. So cool. So are, is it safe? Is River Road Brewing, are you guys still the only brewery? No, 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 no. There's tons of breweries around here. So yeah. um, we all, it's, it was weird. It was, we all were talking, the people that have breweries in this area had all talked kind of around the same time. And a lot of us open very close to the same time. So um, there's myself, there's River Road Brewing and Hops. Right in Bayfield is um, the Bayfield Brewing Company, right. which is attached to the public house. So it's like a rest, it's like a brew pub. Um, there's Bad Apple, which is another somewhat farm-based brewery, really great people. Um, 
Jason and Sarah that own that uh, and some really interesting different beers. And he's got a really cool story. So if you ever get a chance to talk to him, pretty mm -hmm. interesting. Um, then there's Square Brew, which is uh, Alex Maneri who owns Square Brew and that's just in Godridge. Um, there's a new brewery opening called Brewster's Mill in Grand Bend. Um, there's there's wow. B4, like we're surrounded. It's quite the mecca of um, breweries in this area. But there's also like a ton of wineries. There's a few distilleries starting up. So things are starting to really kind of, the alcohol industry in this area has just mm -hmm. went crazy. Cool. Mm -hmm. It's nice to, to hear that for, you know, yeah. maybe some of the more rural spots. And sometimes, you know, you like those like, I don't know. I feel like maybe for me, it's always like finding one along the way. It's like, oh, wow. It's like, yeah. No, there's a brewery out here. I got to go check it out. Yeah. That's kind of how we got to where we are because we used to do exactly that. And then it just exploded. And that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I know like Garrett and I, we, we host craft beer tours in Toronto. Yeah. And we always, we always say that, that it's not that there are, of course, a lot of breweries in Toronto, but it's not yeah. an urban trend. You don't have to stay in Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto by any means to find craft breweries. Like they oh are wow. truly a Canadian as well as an American and various other countries now in the craft beer boom. Like it's, you can find amazing craft brewers. Pretty and much everywhere you go, there's a craft brewery now, which is amazing. Like when we first started going out and exploring more uh, craft breweries, we were just noticing at the time they were starting to pop up all over the place. So we would go back to the same spot and there'd be two new breweries. So we'd be like, oh, now we have to go there. And that's kind of how we call it research and development now, <laughs> but that's base the basics of how it all kind of began. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So can you, I, I couldn't even locate, I tried to find, when did you guys open? Or brew? I, we, I couldn't find the date. Yeah, we opened in 2017 officially. Um, we had it kind of, all stemmed from my husband well my mother bought my husband a brew kit like one of those all grain brew kits that used to, I don't know you probably still get them um and he started doing that in the kitchen and then uh this was like I think he got that in like 2014 maybe and then I kicked him out and because it was my paint was peeling off my ceiling in my kitchen it was like <laughs> get out and yeah and maybe, so yeah, maybe the smell yeah. Smell of smell beer I love. everywhere. I love oh, okay. the smell yeah. of beer. Yeah, no, I love that. I didn't like that I didn't have ceiling on or paint on my ceiling <laughs> anymore. And I like it was starting, it was bad. It was all bad. Anyway, so he got mm. kicked out and uh he built <clears throat> a kegel system in the basement of his shop. Um so he put together three 50 liter kegs, built a computer, uh, like the whole, the whole like a, an actual brew system but from scratch, just from pieces he had laying around. Cool. And then of course it evolved from there and he built a 200 liter tank. And then it was a bigger computer system that we were using. And that's what we got our license on. And that was in 2000, we got licensed in the beginning of 2017. And then um, we opened the end of 2017. So if it wasn't for that damaged ceiling, none of this might've happened. None of this would've happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. I am thankful for, for, which is still damaged by the way, because we have no time to fix anything in our house, but yeah. It's sentimental now. It's sentimental. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So can you give us a bit of, so you guys are pretty new. I mean, not really in terms of yeah. craft breweries. Like I would say many, many craft breweries are, are newer than you, but in terms of just being like four years old, that's, that's pretty new. Like how has, Very new. Yeah. How, yeah. How have things been? I mean, almost half of your existence has yeah. been, clouded uh with the pandemic so how yeah. can you give us a little summary on how things are going maybe start with the good part or has the pandemic been the good part uh the pandemic i i would say for us it was just a matter of evolution um we really focused a lot more on our outside patio uh we i really fought hard um with the agent not fought with the agency but i fought hard to get um our whole property licensed so i wanted to make sure that people could go to the hop yard and walk through the hop yard they could go hang out with the highland cows if they wanted all the whole time having a beer and uh the, for the longest time it was a lot of um no you can't do that you just have your square footage for a patio that's licensed and i was like why but the vineyards can do it why why can't yeah. we and so uh, I would say probably about six months to seven months of trying to get our, our license wow. 
for the property. And just, it was a lot of meetings and a lot of conversations around um, what I think is what we were, what our goal was, was mostly education. So they were, they were really good about it, but they had to jump through a lot of hoops just to make it happen. So I think COVID really pushed that even further. And we were like, okay, now, what, what, now everyone's outside, what are we going to do? And then we didn't have um, enough patio furniture. We didn't have, like, there's a lot of things that just, we just kept evolving and evolving and evolving. And now I, I'm pretty, I feel like I can handle almost anything at this point in time. Um, but the industry has been amazing and uh, we're very lucky in this area. And I think in all craft breweries from what I've experienced so far, it's a very welcoming community, um, very friendly community, very uh, every brewery that I've ever been to, as soon as they find out that we own our own brewery are like super welcoming into their, their group. And we've made some amazing friends and a lot of help through that. So I think the evolution of the Ontario craft uh, breweries is just it's just getting better and better and better yeah we've known nothing but like really solid communities especially all the local breweries that we work with like they're always and we're not even a brewery like we're just a tour company coming around and they're always not so just. welcoming <laughs> oh well thanks yeah <laughs> kind of just yeah. great it's a really great community for sure uh, i did want to talk about the, you mentioned you got so you did eventually have, you know, the whole space, the whole property mm. covered, which is fantastic. And I love mm -hmm. that idea of being able to go and walk through uh, the farm and like you said, the hot fields uh, and have a beer. Um, and you guys are it's like a farm to table is what you call it, right? But with, you know, sort of growing your own hops and then also brewing it. Yeah, we call it green to glass. Um, okay. Basically, yeah, like we, we started off. Uh, he had a few test plants out back probably about 10 to 20 test plants out back that we were just messing around with just to kind of get the idea of what hops were like and how they're hard they were to grow. And uh, he, I actually came home one day and he had cleared three acres of land just oh. on a whim. I, I went to a friend's house for an evening and I came back and I had no, no more apple trees. I was like, Oh, cool. I guess we're doing this. Oh, <laughs> It kind of, uh, it was, a uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot involved in building a hop yard. Um, the mm -hmm. trellis system has to be just so, uh, we had, we used a lot of our own cedar out of our brush. So it was a lot of, uh, pulling out dead cedars, not dead, but fallen cedars, mm -hmm. um, trimming off the bark, putting them in the hop yard. And that was kind of the base of our trellis system, mm -hmm. researching the wires that we wanted to use, uh, like all sorts of, uh, irrigation, all those things. Um, and it was really important for us to allow people to see that process and to know that that's what's going into their beer. So mm -hmm. uh, having the ability to walk through the hop yard and see how things are kind of grown, uh, which is crazy to me that there's so many people out there that have no idea what a hop is. They don't even, they don't realize it's in their beer. Like they're just yeah. like, oh, cool. It's, those are some neat, neat grapevines that you're growing up front. And I'm like... <laughs> are awfully large great it's a magical yeah. plant we talk yeah. about it quite often yeah yeah off topic there but yeah that's no no that's great like the fact yeah you can just go and check out the ingredients that you're that are you know were made in, in the beer you're having i think it just adds to the experience and and every you know craft brewery has their own unique experience and that's mm. a wonderful one yeah and i have to say though that if, if anything affected if covid affected anything um we actually would get migrant workers to come in and help with our hop yard we haven't been able to do that right so uh it, it has affected we we kind of let our hop here we did a, quite a bit with our hop yard this last year and then this year we we're like we need to really focus on the brewery because that's our money maker and if we if we don't focus on that we're gonna like if we spend all our time working in the hop yard we're gonna lose what we what we know is making money so our hop yard sadly has been neglected this year but it'll get back up next year it'll be fine Nikki, do you brew all, all the beer that you brew is using your own materials? Is that correct? We use or? a portion of most of our hops in our beer. There's one beer that we do that is 100% our own, which is cool. um, our, uh, it's called River Road Blonde. It's our flagship beer. Um, if you're looking on the website, I don't even know if we've changed. We just changed most, most of our labels. Uh, it actually has a Highland Cow in front of it now. Um, it. Yeah. And it's, it's 100% our grain. So we, we, we did, we grew our own grain, um, 
this past year and it was malted in just like a town away which is amazing that's really hard to do there's not a lot of malters out there right now so if any listeners are listening and they want to become a malter that would be fantastic Um, if you you look online all the cans still show um an old truck with barrels on the back yeah so yeah that's our that was our original label we just like in the last month started to release the new labels um so you'll start to see those pop up on the website then the new labels that are coming out very cool. Can you tell us a bit about, about the Highland cows? Yeah. So <laughs> I love my husband. I do. Why, <laughs> yeah, why, why did they come? Are they, are they Highland straight cows. from, are they straight Highland from Scotland cows. or no, are they Canadian so, Highland cows? No, they're Canadian Highland cows. Um, my husband's family's from Scotland. So uh, like his parents live here and, uh, or his, his mom lives here and his, uh, but for the rest of his family, most of them are in Scotland. So when we went to visit them a few years back, uh, we did a lot of touring of Scotland and we really fell in love with the breed. They're a really super hardy breed of cow. Um, actually, one of the oldest recorded bovine in the history books is a Highland cow, um, which is just a little tidbit of info. But I love it. Yeah, they, uh, They're super hardy and easy to take care of and uh, really kind of a cool cow. Like they're they're like a big dog just with really <laughs> long horns. Yeah, uh, they're so the whole reason we have Highland cows, we that was part of our brewing process. We wanted to make sure that we were staying as sustainable as possible. Um, and part of that would be not having any waste leaving the property. So the product that uh, the, the grain that's left over after brewing the the um, the mash is given to the cows and then they mm. we they are. <laughs> Not a lot of people like it when we say this, but they are a beef cow. They're, uh, they're mm-hmm. beef, so we will eat them. But mm-hmm. one um, of us wouldn't like that. I'm yeah, like, you, sorry. Andy. Sorry, <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I know. We used to have a group that came in from the states, and it was a group of girls, and they were like, "Your Highland cows are so adorable." And we're like, "Yeah," and they're like, "What are you gonna do with them?" And I'm like, "Well, they're all so delicious." <laughs> <laughs> Can and you? you they're like, "You're not gonna eat those ones," and I'm like, "No, those are our girls. We won't eat them. We'll just eat their babies." Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, sorry. Oh, I know. I love doing that to people. Yeah. <laughs> can you use? I always wondered. <laughs> can you use their hair for anything? Yeah, so it's very, they have a down undercoat and um, other people will uh, brush it out and then they spin it into like a wool. Um, But yeah, I don't have that ambition. I'm not that ambitious. Okay. Yeah, I also start selling. You can you can start selling merch, River Road like, merch with River Road. Their, a little well, hair on each can. Maybe. Would you like to come here and do that for me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think you got lots of time, right? Yeah, right. They do really, really love to be brushed. So they will stand there for hours if you just brush them. They'll just like they go into this trance and they yeah, it's hilarious. Hmm. How many do you typically have? Uh, we have the three that we started with. So the three females, uh, Cleo, Christy, and Selena. Yes, they're all named. Mm. Um, and then they were bred a couple, well, not last year, the year before. So they had babies last year. So there's Holly and Hellboy. So Hellboy's. Hellboy. Yeah. Hellboy. Hellboy's, Hellboy. Hellboy's not going to be with us. Well, sorry, buddy. Yes, that's the way. Yeah, that's, that's the way. So the reason we, I say that I have, we have four children. Um, most of them are grown now and are, but we have two that still live in the, the house with us, mm-hmm. a 12 year old and a 16 year old. And it was really important for me to show them what is the best way to raise an animal that you're going to eat. Yeah. Um, and the, and the reason for that is it's, um, there's so many, there's, they, you know, lots of kids, they go to the grocery store, they see a piece of chicken. They're like, cool, we're having chicken. They have no idea where that comes from. Yeah. And so, and they have no idea what goes into raising that chicken. So we really, I wanted to focus on that. And my kids are really great about it. They have no problem. They go do barn chores every day. Um, and they know that that food, that's food for them. So Mm -hmm. they know that they have to respect it and be kind to it and make sure it's well fed. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh I I know reading about you guys, it's, it seems like sustainability and you just mentioned it as well. That's really important to you. So Uh having the cows, um, can you, can you touch on that a little bit more? What's, the sustainability What's, yeah why, why is that so important to to you as as brewers and and maybe a little bit into how the the whole sustainability process of the brewery itself 
Yeah, absolutely. I think sustainability should be important to everyone. <laughs> I think it's a, we're at that point in our lives where we're in the world where uh, if we don't start paying attention to what's going on in our world, we're not going to be living on it anymore. Yeah. So um, we really focus on, we did, it wasn't a planned process. It just kind of fell into place as we were going. We were, it was caring for the environment has always been a big thing for us. So uh, everything we do has been, we've been conscious of that, but at the same time, it, it just, we were, we were just going about our stuff. So we use um, our well water. So we have fresh water that's here and uh, all the water that's used, I think what the, what's the ratio for, it's like five to one when you're brewing is usually the water to water to product is uh, five to one ratio. Um, so a lot of that is wastewater. A lot of that is water that just goes down the drain. So we actually collect that wastewater and it goes out onto the field so that we're not, uh, we're not wasting any of the wastewater <laughs> for lack of better term. Uh, the grain, I guess, goes to the cows uh, or mm. to the sheep. We also have some sheep. The manure then gets spread onto the fields and it, we reproduce like that's where our hops come from. So, uh, or that, that's what fertilizes our hops. We also use um, wood to heat our buildings and our uh, tanks. So we have a wood burning, an outdoor wood burning furnace. And that is, we use basically any of the fallen trees in our bush, any of the trees that come from the municipality that have maybe fallen on the road, like when you, you know, when it's a bad storm and you see the wood on the, the log or the tree on the side of the road, that comes to us. And we use that to heat the buildings with and the water for the brewing process. Um, we use old pallets, like anything that would get thrown out or wasted on this wood wise, we, we try and burn that. So like pallets that come to different companies, they all get brought here and we just burn them. And that's what creates the heat for the, all the, all the buildings, like the house, the, we have a little rental property on, on our property and then the brewery itself. Cool. So, yeah. Little things like that. Um, we do have, because we have farm animals outside and people are walking around with glasses we were using our glassware for the longest time and I was finding like broken glass in the cow pasture or mm. just people knocking over glasses by accident. I'm sure it wasn't purpose. Um, so we ended up buying, um, they're like disposable cups, but they're compostable instead of being plastic. So there it's a company called green shift is who we usually use. And it's mm -hmm. what's great about them is they, uh, you don't need to take it to a, a processing plant to be composted it's you can just throw it in your garbage and it will compost in the in a landfill mm -hmm. awesome great stuff like that's so cool every t yeah. cover or across there that's awesome. yeah trying we're trying as getting very as close to being almost off grid yeah, yeah. Uh, not quite <laughs> if that's <laughs> if, if that's the direction you're going not not well not on purpose but it, it is kind of in that direction we do our best to to be as sustainable and environmentally friendly as possible is it even feasible for for a brewery to be off grid, like a, a is that possible? Food? Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, I can't see why not. You can use solar power to run pretty much anything now. the The panels are mm -hmm. are big enough and strong enough now, and energy can be stored. So, yeah, like there's, I can't see why it wouldn't be impossible to I do. Guess it would, it would depend on the size too, though. Hmm, yeah, the larger you get, yeah, it might like be a little bit harder. But we're a ten hack system, a four vessel ten hack system. So, uh, ten hectoliter. Sorry, yeah term for everything um so that's you know we're not huge by any means we're still considered micro that's so cool well i know i know a lot of the business itself revolves around sort of i think the the tourism side of things yep, so absolutely. the actual experience of going to the brewery and can, can you tell us about if if we were to visit the brewery which we hope to yeah, uh, quite soon. Um, yes. Yeah, we Can will. That's us... no question. Yeah, of course. Can you tell us a little bit about the visit? So, so now mm -hmm. folks can, like you mentioned, folks can, they don't have to stay in the facility or on the patio to drink, correct? Yeah, no, for sure. You can wander around. So basically mm -hmm. that we, we kind of opened up a drive, drive-in window. So the same as you would go to like an ice cream place and get an ice cream cone, you get a beer. Um, love, love it. That way we didn't have to worry about people coming in the building. If it was, if we were in like a no, no entry time in the pandemic, cause we just didn't know what was happening, but basically you can go to the window or you can come inside, you can get your beer to go, or you can stay and have a pint. Um, you're there's picnic tables everywhere for people to sit down at enjoy there's like so my husband's on the fire department uh he's a volunteer fireman so there's an old fire truck here 
Um, I'd find a lot of kids sitting on it and just enjoying that. I, I had no idea. I guess a lot of, a lot of little kids want to be firemen. Um, so there's, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's, still, I still want to be. One. I know, I, <laughs> I've looked into it too. Day. Yes. <laughs> um, there's we, the sheep and everything like for the, the sheep that we use in the hop yard to trim the weeds in the hop yard, the babies are usually up front so that people can see and, I know we, we have signs posted everywhere. Please don't pet or feed the animals, but at least those are like the safest animals you can pet without, I don't worry about little kids, hands going in mouths or anything. They're, mm. they're pretty friendly little guys. Um, so you can sit and look at the sheep. You can wander into the hop yard. If you want, you can go see the cows, you just sit back and listen. We've got lots of live music happening with the concert series and everything we've got. Um, some really great Juno award-winning bands coming mm-hmm. this summer. So yeah, like there's so many things that you can do and just, and not, not just here, there's a lot of our beers in town too. So if you're in Bayfield, um, the Albion, the Black Dog, all the really great restaurants, there's there's quite a few of them on the main, the main stretch of like tourists where all the stores and stuff are in town, um, the main street, they all carry our beers as well. So, you know, there's lots of opportunity to try it out. Is there um like you were, we were speaking of there's there's so many breweries around the Goderich Grand Bend area like is there is there this is an ignorant question but is there like a beer festival that there, that, yeah. that includes uh, all of you yeah for sure yeah there's uh the Bayfield Beer Fest is there's a number of them there's so many of them I assume and yeah when beer fests are happening which I think will start up again I've already gotten like four or five invites um just in the last couple of weeks so I'm hoping that'll right. start start up again but the Bayfield Beer Fest is in September and I believe there's one in Seaforth in October. Yeah, like there, it's a constant. We probably do four or five in the spring and four or five in the winter or the fall. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds like a lot of work, but very. It's a lot of work. Festivals yeah. to come back. It's a lot of work. You know, it's funny. I I love going to them. I really do. I don't like. I don't. I didn't miss them. I'm not gonna lie. I'm <laughs> well, going to work. For, I work yeah, I'm now, not so enjoying it like I used to. A little different. Day, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's fun on the other end. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 We can tell you how fun it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, you live vicariously from us. <laughs> yeah. I will. I'll. I'll talk to you about yeah. that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Since we're talking about the beer, I, you know, I was just perusing the website and I saw so many different styles that you guys. Yeah have like i imagine are like all those available i know there's a check availability for certain ones but yeah i know but um generally yeah there's a lot yeah i know we so because we started on such a small system we started on 200 liter system we were brewing oh it was a nightmare we were brewing four times a week double batching every day and by sunday our beer would be sold out so wow like we'd get up at seven o'clock in the morning and we would brew till midnight and then we would go to bed and then we'd get up and start all over again um it was just the two of us at the time so Mm. that's what we had to do to survive so that's what we did um we had and we had small like little plastic fermenters that were holding our beer so we were able to play around a lot with different beers which was kind of a blessing really because Mm -hmm. we i don't think we'd have the we wouldn't want to experiment with the system that we have now we do we use this system that same 200 liter system if, we, if we're considering trying a recipe mm-hmm. then we'll do we'll use that small system but a lot of the time we just were like screw it let's just do it let's just mm-hmm. throw it all in the 10 10 hex system so big. away we go and if it doesn't turn out well we'll turn it into something else so um that's why we have so many beers is because we developed all those recipes when we were brewing on a small system mm-hmm. and then uh yeah and then have converted most of them into the big system so at any given time we usually have four or five beers in the fridge or on tap i think there's eight right now in on tap but there's only five available or six available in cans in the fridge what's your favorite in that lineup uh i have a couple I like, we do some pretty unique, different beers. Um, Queen Bee is one of my favorite. And I think it's just because I brewed it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I developed it. Uh, There's Queen Bee was one that my friends, my girlfriends and I got together and uh, it's a lavender, honey and almond pale ale. That sounds delicious. It's really nice. And uh, it's really got like every, every bit of that flavor. The almonds, not so much. I always, I'm always like, how am I going to make that more predominant? But Mm -hmm. um, it's, 
It's a, it's a really fun beer. And we donate some 25 cents per can to empowering women in Huron County. So wow. it's just a little something Great. that's uh, fun for us. It's really yummy. And then we have thanks a latte. I don't know if you, I was just going to ask you about that because it yeah. sounds, it sounds probably one of the more unique it's beers it's I've heard about in a long time. A huge crowd pleaser. Like everywhere it goes, it sells so fast. Mm. We brew, we just brewed a batch. We brewed 10 hectoliters. I think we, where we packaged 10 hectoliters like a week and a half ago and it's gone. Wow. So yeah, that's like great. it doesn't, and we just sell out of the brewery. So that's not like uh, a yeah. store or anything that's just out of the brewery. Right. So it's, um, it's a coffee and coconut vanilla pale ale lactose wow. with lactose. Yeah. yeah, it sounds phenomenal. And it's when like, we come up, I gotta we gotta make sure yeah, you guys got We're gonna brew it again in like I'm hoping next week. So it'll be we got if you can come in a couple of weeks, it'll be here. I can't guarantee it after that. <laughs> yeah, no. But it's yummy. Yeah, I mean, put yeah. some aside for us. Yeah. Tastes, yeah, I can do that for sure. It tastes like a blonde, I like a blonde stout kind of. Like it's mm. it's got a really weird, unique flavor to it, but it's a really good beer. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those are look absolutely amazing. Actually, and you know, you said you know earlier on you had the smallest system. You could try a lot of these different recipes, yeah. but maybe bring something now because you guys are you know grain to glass. Does there like a little more foresight go into something like where you might oh, yeah. grow it and then use it? Like maybe you could yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, so we do. We try and use as much local product as possible. If it's not coming off our farm, it's coming from somebody local. Mm -hmm. um, like our honey, we actually. <laughs> We started using local honey um, from a place called Ferguson's Apiaries. It's a pretty big uh, honey facility. Like, I don't know, it's an apiary, but it's a pretty cool place to get honey around here. Um, but a very good friend of ours, Leanne, who actually helped me brew Queen Bee, um, she has a apiary called Astral Apiary, and she we she put some hives out here. So we also have bees out here. So now we're, we're making our own honey, which is really important mm. to us. And that's the honey uh -huh. that goes into our honey brown and our... Um, queen bee and there's a few other beers that we use honey in and then uh maple syrup goes into a few different beers that we've had we've played around we did a beer called spring blonde and that was um maple sap instead of water we use maple sap and so that that was a great idea when we had the 200 hectare or the 200 liter but once we changed to 10 hectoliters, it was, it's too much. It's a like, lot of sap. It's a lot of sap. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't brewed that one, but we use our maple syrups because we have an evaporator in the barn. So mm. we use our maple syrup in some of our different beers. Uh, we have cherry trees. So we do a, quite a few, well, we've done quite a few cherry beers. Um, yeah, like just using as much local product. And if we can't, if it's not something that naturally grows around here, we try and incorporate it from a company that, that uses that product. So um, the pink flamingo in town, for example, they make fresh squeezed lemonade at their little bakery. They like, she has an awesome cup. If you ever have a chance to, and you want a cupcake, that's the place to go. It's called the pink flamingo. Anyway, she makes this fresh squeezed lemonade every day. And we were like, well, what are you doing with the lemons when you're done? She's like, well, I just throw them out. Mm. I'm like, so how would you feel about zesting some of those lemons? I was going to say, you can start using the citrus peels. Yeah. So she zests the lemons for us. And that's what goes into our zesty farmer. It's fresh mm, lemon zest. Stuff. Yeah. So, you know, just oh. all those little things, they make a difference and they help support the community too and the different businesses in the community. Wow. That's great. So innovative. It's like interconnected web of awesome in a local town. <laughs> and and you just have so much going on in your farm. You're just short of growing your own cacao and yeah and, gr no. and your own beans for coffee Please don't for give me that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. okay right. yeah. um, <laughs> we have corn in the field right now and he laughs because people will be like oh what are you using what do you use the corn for and he's like well that's what's in our glassware do we make our own glassware <laughs> oh, <laughs> stop yeah corn glass corn so glass well that's good. what the the, the bile or the compostable yeah, cups the are made compost from corn <laughs> yes. that's it right yeah yeah um, but not, not for corn on the cob just not for corn on the cob. i would not i mean you can try it but i promise you you're not gonna have any teeth afterwards so. oh god <laughs> <laughs> nikki you said that originally it was just you and your husband yeah. doing the brewing but have you increased your staff in terms of like having having assistance in the actual brewing 
Uh, in the brewing, not so much. I think my husband's having a hard time. I mean, he, he, we definitely have people that help like our staff. Um, they help with the, the it sounds glamorous. Everyone's like, Oh, I so want to be a brewer. I want to help and be part of that process. But probably I would say 90% of brewing is cleaning. So, um, we have staff that come in and, um, they have production days where they help to can and package and clean tanks and mop floors and measure out ingredients and do all the fun stuff that nobody wants to do. Mm-hmm. But then we also increased, uh, like we went from, we had one staff, one staff member three years ago and she helped do everything. She was an amazing student. Um, and then last year we hired two. And then this year we, I think we have eight altogether. So yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But in terms of brewing, your husband, Dave, he's, he does he's most of it. Yeah. He does most of it. It's, uh, he has it down to an art and it, he can, our systems developed, um, he, he developed our system. So he also has a side business, uh, with my brother-in-law called Canadian craft solutions. And they, he, he developed a, or he designed a lot of brewing equipment. So, uh, he's outfitted a number of different breweries with their brewing equipment. Um, but our system, he was the first system he kind of, I don't know, not made, but developed. And it's uh, just a back-to-back. It allows us to brew back-to-back. Um, what we could brew in one month on the other system, we can brew in one day on this system. Wow. So yeah. it's it's made it much more user-friendly and uh, he's got it down. He can do three batches in one day and that's that's like 30, 30 hectoliters. That's, that's efficiency right there. Yeah, yeah. It is. yeah, it is. It's pretty crazy. Because they're like superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fun. He's done. So Canadian Craft Solutions is his new company. And he kind of right now that what they've developed is uh, keg washers and canning lines wow. mm-hmm. um, at a more affordable rate for like, that was one of the things that we ran into when we first started is uh, brewing equipment's very, very expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the things that you need to continue with your brew, like, you know, you buy your brew house, which is, expensive enough it can be up it can be millions of dollars and then you buy you know you have to buy your keg washers and your canning lines and uh the cans that go with it and the labeling and all the fun things that go along with it and we were finding that we were making our own stuff like he made our keg washer he made our canning line um because it's how we could do it affordably with just two of us we don't have backers so it's you know it was just the way that to make that work plus we're using products that were again with the sustainability um Mm -hmm. just scrap pieces of things that people were throwing out so uh now of course we've now we have a new keg washer and we're developing the new canning line and we'll probably get the the prototype for that but that's unreal Mm -hmm. so making making everything like yeah from hand like scratch yeah. that's oh, i know believe me there's not there's not a lot of sleep that happens over yeah. here <laughs> yeah. you guys sound like a story from 200 years ago like you sound yeah. like a brewery like yeah. from 1821 not- well that's how it would have been done back then i know yeah. you, can't, you can't figure it out you're not gonna make it work mm-hmm. no you guys sound so resilient i i guess maybe can i shift a little bit into exactly. more of the marketing side of things i know that Nikki, you're, you're kind of uh, the force behind, um, like you have a, a podcast as well as a video series, social media. Can you tell us a little bit about running a smaller craft brewery and, and the importance of marketing and, and how you, how you go, at, go about doing that? Yeah, marketing is important. Um, <laughs> mine, so the reason we started, we, I don't even know how to explain this is the labels that we got were original. We use them all the time and they, they were perfect. They did the job they got the colors. And honestly, when you go into a liquor store or an LCBO or wherever you're going or a beer store, a lot of the time people are looking at the labels of your beer and it's not the actual, the type of beer. It's like, what's catching your eye. What's, what's really making you focus. Right. hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately that's the truth. That's just all there is to it. So you have to, and our labels were very plain. I know you you guys can see them, Mm -hmm. Um, but they, they were, they served a purpose and everyone was similar so that people knew that, Oh, that's a river road beer. That's a river road beer. That's a river road beer, which is perfect. And that was huge for us. So I, which was great. It's worked for the first little while. And I now have started to play around and I was like, you know what, that's kind of, it's just not, it's not doing it for me anymore. I want to move past that. And I have 
I have a lot of friends that I'm very lucky are either artists or um, they're in marketing or um, the graphic designers. So I was able to, we're able to feed ideas to them and then they, they are actually developing that product for us. So I haven't had to do much of anything as far as that's concerned. Um, I don't do a lot of paper advertising. I don't really feel the need to do that. All of our advertising is on social media and mm -hmm. online and through podcasts and YouTube videos and those type of things. You want to know more about my YouTube channel? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, talk about your yes. YouTube channel. <laughs> my YouTube channel stemmed from, um, basically it's called Arbury Farm Life. And it was stemmed because when we, the podcast, or when the, the pandemic first started, I had a lot of people that were, uh, I would get calls because they were regulars that were had come to the brewery and they'd be like, how's the donkey? Can you tell me about how the donkey's doing? And I'm like, I'm working here. Like, Trinity <laughs> is eating her grains this morning. Like, I don't know what to say. So, but I was getting more and more of those phone calls. Like, did the cows have their calves? Did how's the brew system coming along? Like, are you guys getting anything new in? What's this, what's, what's the changes? And I was like, I can't keep answering these phone calls. And it was like, it's, it's very rewarding to have people think of our business like that. But at the same time, I was like, I'm also trying to function as a mother, as a business owner, as a farmer. Like there's a lot that goes on in my day from first thing in the morning, straight through till literally my eyes are shutting before I hit my if I hit the bed. So um, I was like, the easiest way to tell people what's happening on the farm is to show them once a week with a puck or with a YouTube channel. So that's kind of how that developed. And then with the podcast, it's called Downriver Road. Um, it was just a really fun, I really wanted to showcase the people that have influenced us throughout the process of developing a brewery. So not necessarily anything to do with the brewery itself, but the different uh, influences that we've had to get to where we are right now. Yeah, it's great. I've, I've watched a few videos. I love it. It's such a, the farm, the farm just looks so, so magical. Like it's, it's, such, a, it's such a great place. <laughs> I'll have to take a look. Yeah. No, I just, really cool. I don't know. I was spending too it much time in the city. I just, yeah. <laughs> I need no, to get and out. It's funny. I take it for granted because <laughs> I, yeah. I need to get out. Yeah. Farms are so magical. I know. Yeah. There's animals escape. here and, yeah. and vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuck in the stuck animals in Toronto all eat. the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I know so, you ruined the dream like, a little bit. I know. Bit, but I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'll pretend that that. that if you it makes you feel it. any better, I don't eat red meat, so there's that. Yeah, that, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's No comment. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well. Um, no, you guys are obviously super busy. I guess um, there's an obvious answer to this question. Could a, a lot of our listeners are, are folks who, who one day probably have the the big dream to open a brewery. So yeah, for sure. I mean, you you folks are pretty pretty new, only about four years. C mm -hmm. Can you tell us maybe something about something that you didn't know? before starting a brewery once you got into it that that this was a big component of it but i'd never sleep again yeah yeah i know i thought that's kind of the obvious one yeah. that you that you're gonna work every second but yeah it's maybe Honestly, something a little more specific maybe yeah um what my husband always says is when you start when you when you have the idea to start a brewery think of how much money you're gonna spend to make that brewery happen and then triple it and that's how much money you're actually going to spend. And then think of how much, what your, what's your deadline to open? If it's September, you're opening in July the next year. Like you just have to know that when you go to open a brewery, things are going to happen. Things are going to go wrong, but it's okay. Just make sure that you have a, a large amount of space and time to get that brewery open. Cause it, it doesn't ever happen. Tickety boo. La la, there's a brewery. It doesn't work like that. Uh, but it's like that with any business, really. Sure. Like you, you create a budget and it, you, nine times out of 10, you're blowing it out of the water. It's just, it's just how it works. I think the biggest thing that was a surprise to me was, um, was that plus the reception that you get from people. There's no, when I worked in the financial industry, I dealt with a lot of market crashes and, um, 
Oh, a few market crashes and a lot of angry, like if, if your investments were starting to tank, who are you mad at? Not, not your friendly banker. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a happy industry to be in. And it's a very competitive industry. And mm -hmm. so when I, when I started working in the brewing industry, it was, it's a completely different ball game. People are friendly. There's no competition. Like you're not even really competing with the bigger names like Labatt's and, and um, InBev or any of those big, big names. You're just kind of, you're doing your thing and everyone's happy that you're doing it. So that's probably, I wasn't ready for that. I was like, oh, wow, this is okay. I don't have to compete with someone. It's just, it's just how it is. It's, it's a very comfortable and happy, happy existence other than the fact that you don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Forget, forget sleep. What about, can I, can I ask you, Nikki, about working with, working with family? Is that something that I, I feel? I love like, it. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm not your, I'm not your therapist, too, yeah. but, <laughs> but is that something How that you have? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that something, it seems like probably that's something you've worked out to a science by now, but is that something you would recommend for people? Would you, would you caution people that maybe it's, it depends on one's family dynamic? It does. Say, it probably depends on the family, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's, I, I can't really relate to a lot. Like we have very different, we both do very different things with the brewery. So I think as long as you have your own job description and you're doing very different things, you're going to be fine. And as long as you can both, like I have a totally different way of thinking than my husband does. He has, he has one way of doing things. I have a completely other way of doing things. And that's totally fine. We try and meet in the middle as much as possible. Sometimes we don't, sometimes we throw things at each other, but that's oh, like, God. that's part of, but that's part of us. Like it, we, we love each yeah. other. We say, we say we love each other all the time. It's just, that's, that's how it is. Um, we've been married for 14 years now. Um, he just has his, and he also disappears. Like he has a shop and a brew house and I have an office in the house. I have an office in my house. I have an office in the brewery. I have all the, I do all the barn chores. So the, the barn is like my, my escape. And he has the shop where he can tinker and do his, all of his mechanical things that I have no idea. I don't understand any of them. Um, that's his thing. And I think as long as you have your own thing, any, any couple, any uh, family member can really make it work. It's just, yeah, you, you do have to have, you have to have your own job description. You have to have your own thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't think we could work side by side. Like we did it for two years straight or we helped each other out with everything. And now we're like, okay, goodbye. Have a good day. I'll be in the barn. Okay. I'll be in the shop. Like, <laughs> See you tonight. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Like we really, like we might meet for a beer halfway through the day and have a chat and then be like, Hey, how's it going? Okay, cool. Well, this is what I'm doing. And like, cool. This is what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, bye. See you later. And then we come and have dinner with our kids mm -hmm. at night. So yeah. Sounds like a great system. Yeah. It sounds it's a pretty awesome enough. system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn. Okay. Yeah, you guys are very efficient. Yeah, I feel like I feel like yeah. you guys I'm just curious, were you throwing things at each other before the brewery? <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Okay. <laughs> Isn't that normal? That's a yeah. 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 It sounds normal I don't to me. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we love each other. It's all good. And you know what? There's I mean, there's with any couple, any married couple, there's just gonna be days where you just don't get along. So mm -hmm. you just have to know that at the end of the day it wasn't personal and you move on. So maybe in terms of, again, you guys are still very new. Is there sort of the way you guys run the brewery? Is it sort of you take it week by week, month by month, year by year? Do you have sort of a five-year plan? If you, uh, do, you don't want to tell us, that's fine too. Oh, it's, I'm pretty open. Um, we have the, I think the next steps for us are, um, I really want to open a retail space that's not our Quonset shed. Um, that was kind of a goal in the very beginning. We were we were planning on opening um, a retail uh, customer appreciation space. I don't know what you want to call it, um, with meeting room and everything. Because one of the things that I found as a financial advisor, or no, I wasn't a financial advisor, but in the financial industry, there's yeah. not a lot of places to meet or to have meetings. And so in, in this area, I know you guys are from the city, so it's a little, uh, there's lots of really cool spots to have a meeting, but here there's not. 
So um, I wanted to really create a space where businesses could come in and they could rent that space for meetings or use it for meetings or whatever they needed to do, but as well as have a large amount of space for people to sit inside, enjoy a beer in the winter months. Cause our winters here are like living at little house, like living on little house in the prairie. Like it's literally dead. Like it's so quiet. It's getting better because our winters aren't as crazy as they used to be. So it's, it's getting better and that we're still seeing a lot of tourism in, in the winter months. There's a lot more activities to do around here than there used to be. Um, so that's cool, but I want to make sure we have that space available. Uh, one of the big things that I really wanted to focus on, which was supposed to be last year, was the concerts. Um, I want I want this to be a destination for that kind of thing and uh, an outdoor destination, and that's starting to happen now. So that's one of the big awesome. things. Um, yeah, I think for the most important thing for us would be to get that retail space open. Mm-hmm. So that'll take time. We have been all the next steps. Yeah, all next steps. And it's it's great. Like we there's I mean it's gonna it's gonna make all the difference in the world. So fingers crossed. I can't wait to get back to another show. So if we could also go to a brewery and visit you guys, that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your concert series that yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so Bayfield, it's actually through Bayfield Concert Series, and anybody can look that up online. Um we felt concert series is started with Pete Needs. Uh, and it's a really cool thing. Like he's brought in some really neat um, bands. And I honestly, I've got too many to count right now. But mm-hmm. the first band that we're having is Ashley McIsaac. Mm-hmm. Um, is a Juno award winning mm-hmm. artist. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty awesome guy. Um, he's coming to play on the 30th of July. And that kicks it off. Um, Elliot Brood is next and they're on the 1st of August, I believe. There's a few more that are still, we're still waiting to announce. Um, we haven't got there yet. So, um, you'll have to stay tuned. Sky diggers, sky diggers are coming. Um, yeah, there's just, yeah, I'm trying not to well, give anything away because <laughs> there's, there's a few that haven't been announced yet. So, okay. Very exciting. Check out some of these acts. So cool. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be really fun, fun summer for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. it seems like you guys definitely have your hands full. That's yeah. to, to say the least. Is it, so it's sort of, is there a capacity? Like, do you, like, you have to purchase tickets? Is that, yeah. yeah, everything's purchased online. So we have, um, you can go to the Bayfield Concert Series website. I think it's actually on Facebook. I think you can get it on Facebook or you can go to Ticket Scene. And if you just mm-hmm. look up, um, I think it's, I think it's, you can look up under River Road Brewing, I think as well as the artist's name. And usually like we, I announced it's all on my Instagram and Facebook. Uh, it's on our website. There's lots of really cool, sp- I think it's on our website. I don't, I haven't actually seen if we've actually added that yet. Well, I should probably look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a few things going on this week. So. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. yeah, so I think, yeah, you'll start to see those start, start to pop up on our website as well as um, like with a calendar event thing and uh, on for sure on social media. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like um, later, anything else planned for this coming year? Like you said, in the winter time, it gets really brutal, but do you still like, can you still visit the brewery? Are you still oh, brewing yeah. full steam ahead? Like oh, it's yeah. still business as usual or does it do things slow a little bit in terms of well definitely the tourist industry slows down like that's we expect that and any business that that runs out of bayfield expects that to happen that's very normal however we do do um i think last year we did three christmas markets so like an old-fashioned christmas market where you go and shop with the different vendors we had fire pits and bands and outdoor food and all that kind of thing that's that i hope to do that again this year um we'll see what happens with restrictions. Uh, it was last year we did it. And then like, like up till the weekend of Christmas and then they shut everything down. So mm. thank goodness we got everything in and we had COVID screening and the whole bit, like you, you came in, if you, mm-hmm. you had to do your COVID screening, you were told to wear a mask. Um, I mean, everybody's evolving like that. You have to do what you have to do to yeah. make things work. Yeah. And <clears throat> That's what we did. So yeah, we still keep things going. We have fire pits and uh, you know outdoor lighting, and we just we just make everyone as happy as we can. Just like wear your snowsuit; it's gonna be cold. Yep. Bundle yeah. up. Bundle up. Bundle up. Is it yeah. um, like right now? The like your capacity, like your outside capacity is probably good. Like 
in terms of your indoor capacity is it like still non-existent. limited <laughs> non-existent. <laughs> we don't have uh we have like in the winter we try and maneuver our retail space so that we can have i believe we can fit four tables and that's it wow mm. so yeah you're that's why i really need this retail space um <laughs> yeah so you're very limited if you want to sit inside yeah you'd better line up because mm. there's there's not very much space. However, there's like, as long as you're prepared for it. And we, we say that to people all the time, like it'll be announced pretty much every day in the winter on my Facebook page and Instagram page, bundle up. It's going to be a cold one. You're going to be sitting outside. Like that's, it's just a unique way of doing things. And our capacity mm-hmm. outside is endless basically, because we're, we have 30 acres of licensed property. So you can't like, what are the so numbers? You bundle up you're solid you're solid what are the, i don't know what i don't honestly know what the what people would consider that for for numbers like what my mm. my capacity is outside mm. you can also huddle up with one of the uh, highland cows too yeah with all that highland beautiful cows. fur they, they love that be nice and warm yeah. let you me know how say. that goes for you yeah. <laughs> you know i've never even heard of a highland yeah. cow You've never really no it's a highland well cow. i i saw it on your website yeah. I was like, wow it they're looked adorable. like a golden retriever yeah with they're horns. really cool yeah. yeah they look almost like ice age type yeah yeah, yeah. Like they're very very mix. friendly they're very friendly yeah yeah they're beautiful well you said nikki too you said you're not in the lcbo or beer store is that for those of you outside of ontario they yeah. are the big yeah the big enterprises here in the province. Yeah. Is that something you hope to eventually get your way into? Is that just not, not even Um, on in the back of your mind right now? No, it's been in the back of our minds constantly. Uh, I, the profit, I don't want to say this, it sounds really petty. The profit margin drops as soon as you're in the LCBO. And so we're such a small brewery that it was like, is it worth it for us to be in the LCBO? Probably not, not quite yet. Um, I would maybe now, actually probably now it would be, but at the same time, I don't know if I really, I'm really ready to deal with that hassle of being in an LCBO. I really kind of enjoy the quaint, small, you have to come to us to get our beer. That's just all there is to it. And we get asked all the time, can I get your beer in the LCBO? Can I get your beer in the LCBO? And I want to, I want to be able to one day say yes, but at the same time, I really love the idea that people have to come to me to get our beer. Yeah. I know it's going, it's, you're going not just for the beer, right? You're going for the experience. Experience. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like a beautiful town too. So there's a lot to do, I guess. Yeah. It's for for tourists. You guys should look it up. I already checked it. It's only two hours and seven minutes from here. So I can make the trip. I used to drive back and forth to Toronto all the time. So you guys can do it too. Promise. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no, I I know we've spoken to many, uh, to quite a few brewers or brewery owners, and it just the LCBO cut is just it's just not substantial. Yeah. It's substantial. It is really, and I mean, unfortunately, they dictate a lot of what you do uh, as a as a licensed uh, manufacturer. Mm. It's just how the cookie crumbles. You just got to deal with it. Um, but I just don't, uh, I'm just not ready for it. Honestly, if anything, I'm just not ready for it. Yeah, fair enough. Could be a yep. step in the future. could not be, but yeah, if it's whatever is if it's working for you now, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not the type of person to get worked up about much. So if, you know, if I feel the need to do that, if I feel like it's that time, then we'll do it. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just be like, you know what? It's not working. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Very Seven cool. hours away, by the way. A little right. bit of a travel. Yeah, you're a little, you're yeah. a little further. Where are Nick's, you? Nick's outside Ottawa. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ottawa. you're a little further away. So, yeah, it's still be... worth the trip. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll yeah. trade you. I want to go to Ottawa. So <laughs> I'll trade you. By all means. Yeah. <laughs> Nick can look after the brewery for a you weekend. Can come look after yeah. the cows, and I'll come <laughs> look after Ottawa. <laughs> I'll do my best. No promises. Yeah. It'll still yeah. be there when you yeah. get back. Yeah. But... That's all right. That's all right. Um, okay, well, Nikki, we've taken it's we're coming up on the hour mark. Gentlemen, wow. I don't know if you have any last questions, but uh, no, it was great. I think I covered a lot of what I wanted to learn about River Road. Yeah, so, yeah. Nick, yeah, Nikki, thank you so much. I feel like we've learned a lot, and we're definitely heading um, heading up to you very soon because the yeah. brewery, as well as the whole experience of 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 
the farm just sounds amazing. So thank yeah, you so much for enriching us. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Nick, we'll, we'll see about we'll see about inviting you. Maybe we'll take yeah. a train. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Via rail, here I come. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Nikki, thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Awesome, yep. guys. Thank yeah, you. thank you very much. Have a great day. Cheers. You too. You too. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening as well. You can help my podcast grow by sharing my podcast with family and friends and subscribe on whichever platform from where you're listening. Also, check out my Instagram at Beer Got Me Here for beer photos and future beer reviews. For more information on Rolling Hops Beer Tours, their website and a link to all their media is in the episode description. We will see you in the next episode. 